back to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Happy Halloween. Although technically I'm not recording this on Halloween, we are in the Halloween season. It's actually winding down. And you know what? It makes me sad. It really does. I know I've talked about it with friends, family, and and on this podcast, how much time goes. I should say that that was not the right words. I should say how fast time goes, how how much we can't keep track of it. It just, everything just keeps going so fast. And then, you know, two years ago when the pandemic hit us, everything slowed down. Now, it just doesn't stop. And Halloween needs to slow down. I am not mentally ready, emotionally stable to move on from Halloween to go into November, Thanksgiving, which is not my favorite holiday might be my least favorite not the meaning behind it not that at all just i you know what i just don't care about turkey and i'm gonna say it i don't care about football everybody's like oh thanksgiving football and i watch it i don't care so but but i do like the thanksgiving time and i do like the 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 meaning behind it getting together with family um but you know friends loved ones whatever you do i understand that i just halloween is where it's at and I, that's why I'm pretty happy that I, I decorated the home way earlier than normal. I mean, I decorated it probably 80% decorated before my son's birthday. So we're talking like in September. And that's usually, that's pretty early for me. My rule has always been October 1st. October 1st, bam, everything's decorated. And I am full blown into the horror movie watching, into spooky documentaries, Halloween music, just Halloween until November 1st. And here we are. I'm doing my spook cast right now on the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Thanks for listening, by the way. I wasn't sure exactly which direction I was going to go with this. You know, last year I had Ken here for it and we went through our, you know, different horror movies and subgenres. Our favorites, our least favorites, uh, our, our guilty pleasures. And I, you know, I was going to recap some of that. And then I was going to talk about Halloween costumes, you know, but I thought to myself, I want to do something completely different and something I haven't done before and something that I think would be really good for, for this time of year. So I'm going to talk about spooky encounters, paranormal encounters, things that can't be explained and maybe some things that shouldn't be explained. Maybe some things that shouldn't have even happened, but they did. And they're all real. Because over my life, and I'm sure a lot of you, I believe thoroughly, and, I, and, and let me say this, I don't care what you believe as far as religion goes. You know, if you're Christian, Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, whatever. Let's just toss that out the window, okay? Because in reality, at least in the Bible, they do talk about demons, I guess, you know, hey. And they do talk about spirits and things that are unexplained. So let's Let's toss our beliefs out the window for a minute here. I think the vast majority of people that I know, I can't say on this planet because that's not fair. And I can't say in this country even, or in America. Because I have some people listening in Ireland and, and over in England, so maybe even over there. I can't say that everybody believes in, in paranormal activities or ghosts or things like that. But I will say that I think the vast majority of people I know believe in them. They may not believe, they may not know what they are. They may not have an explanation, but they believe in the possibility that something else is lingering in, in a realm that we are not capable of seeing yet, or maybe should be seeing. And I think that they believe 
in both good and bad spirits and demons and you know i i really do and i think there's people that go beyond that i mean think about how many shows there are of ghost hunters now i think a lot of that is crap i really do it's not to say that they're not going to a place that is potentially haunted or has had sightings or could be haunted it's just all the same old crap you know but i can tell you right now firsthand that i have been two places that are haunted I have been part of something that that I don't even, I, I can't explain. And I've had friends and witnesses and ex-wives and girlfriends that have all been part of this with me too, that have seen these things. It's not just me by myself telling a story. These are witnesses. I guess not that I could ever bring any of them on here. I mean, I guess I could. Ken was one of them for sure. He would come on here. And there's several other people. But I'm just going to recap some of the stories. And I say some because I could make, I could have done a series on this. But I'm only going to recap some of the highlights or ones that really stick out in my mind. And one of those takes me back to when I was in Philadelphia. Now, I haven't lived in Philly. But I dated a girl that was moving to Philly. And she would actually travel back and forth. And you probably heard about her through some other of the podcasts. That I was on because she was a significant part of my life for a while there. I'm sure I blew it somehow. Let's just be real. But um, she was going to Philly. So she hadn't quite moved there yet. But we were going to go down and check out the area. And I had been to Philly once before without her. Long before her, maybe shortly around. Who knows? But I had, you know, I didn't know much about Philly other than what I saw on TV and whether I read. So we we're going to go check out Philly. You know, my, my Philadelphia education came from Rocky prior to this. So we went to go check out Philly and we stayed at a hotel. And I have to tell you, we did not know. We had no idea. I know she didn't. And I definitely had no idea that this hotel has a history of haunted sightings. Meaning, I shouldn't say haunted sightings of haunted I'll say paranormal activity. Of course, every time I say that word, I think of that stupid movie, but I'll say paranormal activity. It's had a lot of history there. I didn't know that. We just knew it was a great hotel in Philly, and you guys have heard of it probably called the Bellevue. It's old. I mean, this this history of this hotel is old, and it has a major reputation because of where it's located and because of how many people have stayed there. I mean, this is, and, and a lot of it, a lot of it has been stayed the same. You know, they've done some renovations, but it stayed the same because it is beautiful. There's 172 rooms there. You got a full bar, multiple bars, lounges. I mean, it's just a really, really gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. Um, and it's been around for a long time. Presidents have stayed there. Um, I think it took just a little history. It took about two years and $8 million to build. So there you go. It was, I believe, in the 1890s that, it, that they really started to, to finish it out there. But if you want to go check out the Bellevue, you can. But the Bellevue has a major haunted reputation. Major. You're talking about temperature drops. You're talking about doors being knocked on. You're talking about doors opening. You're talking about if you are sensitive, you know, People say that you have sensitive to the energies in the room. You better be careful because 
they would actually show people walking around in the hallways and they weren't even there. They would have people that would call your room and nobody would be there. Or you'd hear voices talking in one of the other bathrooms or whatever. There's a laundry list of hauntings there. I had no no idea. And she had no idea. But we sure did that night. Now, we only stayed there for two nights. The first night, nothing happened. We went out, we hung out, you know, we came back, did our thing, went to bed, no problem. Second night, we went out, hit the town again, checked out apartments, checked out the area, restaurants. I'd had a couple drinks. She wasn't much of a drinker. Occasionally, she would, but I I had a few drinks, but I wasn't drunk. So it wasn't like, and and I say that because I don't want you to think, oh my God, you're just drunk and whatever, imagine this. That wasn't the case. We were turning in early because we had to go to her, we had to check out and we had to go to her friend's house the next day. And we had, we had a lot of things. She had a meeting. So this was not a stay out late night. We just were tired. We knew that we were going to have some more fun the following night after her busy day. And we were just turning in early. I think we watched some TV. We got some food, you know, whatever. And I'm going to say that we fell asleep around 12 ish between 12, 12 and one o'clock, somewhere around there. At almost three o'clock in the morning, you know, the witching hour, the time that we all wake up in, and there is a scientific reason why we, most of us do wake up at 3 a.m. in a panic, but you guys can look that up because I don't feel like giving that lesson right now. Um, I woke up pretty close to 3 a.m. Sweating, hot. Now, this is Philly. Now, we were in the summer, and yes, Philly can get hot, but it's not Texas heat. And hotels, as you know, typically are cold. They just are. You can go in the wintertime, they're cold. Go in the summertime, they're cold. And I was hot. And I was sweating. And I was like, what the heck? Now, again, not drunk, just sweating. Could not stop sweat. I mean, I felt like just sticky. And I remember thinking to myself, well, maybe something's wrong with the air. Like, what if the air shut off? Or what if when I went to turn the air down, I turned the heat on? Who knows? It's a hotel. It's old anything's possible and I looked over to kind of see if she was up and she wasn't and I thought I saw something kind of walk now the Bellevue at least the room we were staying in it's not really designed like other hotel rooms but it still has that similar layout you walk in the door there's a bathroom to the left or the right you got a little hallway well this little hallway was a little bit longer and it was kind of on an angle and there was a bathroom, there were, but it, it wasn't the, the same layout. But the hallway, I could see in this little tiny hallway or walkway. And it looked like a shadow figure walked by. But I had just woken up. My eyes weren't adjusted. Not a big deal. I really didn't get freaked out. I just was kind of like, oh, that was weird. And I turned on my light because I couldn't see where the thermostat was. And you had the light next to us, and I turned it on, and she's sound asleep. And I'm looking, and it's really hot in the room still. Like, I feel hot. It's not like I woke up and I started to cool down because I could tell the room was cooled down, and maybe I just was hot. I just felt hot in the room. And I remember looking over at the door, just thinking, like, something's not right. And I looked in the hallway, and I saw it walk by again. And I'm going to tell you, I jumped. I was like, oh, shit. And I jumped. And I saw it walk again. And it was pacing between the what would be the bathroom 
and that little hallway just back and forth. Not fast, but not slow either. Consistent. I was frozen. Frozen in terror. Not exaggerating. Instantly was scared because I thought somebody was there. And I even said, hey, and nothing. So I woke her up because I'm thinking to myself, I need to protect her and I got to go fight this thing. Somebody's in here. I'm going to fight him. As soon as she woke up, she looked at me and looked over there and goes, oh my God, she saw it too. So I wasn't imagining it. This was not, I wasn't in a dream that felt real or I wasn't trapped in a dream where you have those really deep, intense dreams and you wake up and you think to yourself, oh my God, I'm in this dream. No, this was real. And she's like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And she grabbed, I remember her digging her nails into my arm and I'm like, oh my God. And she was scared. And that's when it stopped and stared at us. And I have to kind of, you know, this is a hard description because it was dark. I could make out a figure and it looked very tall. And I could make out a face, but not really. I didn't see facial features like a mustache or beard or red eyes or but I saw facial features. Does that make sense? Like I could tell the shape of its face and it was dark. It reminded me, I, I, and it did, it, this is not what I'm, this is not exactly what it looked like, but this is what it reminded me of. It reminded me of The Undertaker. If you're familiar with WWE at all, you know The Undertaker. If you don't know The Undertaker, Google The Undertaker. Because that's what the figure looked like. No, it didn't have a hat, but the height and, it, and like his face, like it looked like that. And it looked pissed. And if you've ever seen The Undertaker wrestle and stare down somebody, it's that look of death. It's that look of destruction. It's that look of anger. This thing was angry. And it was staring directly at our bed. And really what it felt like was it was staring directly at me. And I remember looking at her like, come over here. And I kind of had her jump over to my side and I scooted closer to her side because she was closer to the door. Not that we were really in, you know, it's a big room, so we weren't that close, but it just felt like that's the only thing I could do. And I'm like, what do we do? Like, you got to get out of here. You got to go. And I start yelling at this thing and it's pacing but it kept on stop and it would just stare at me. And it felt like as it stared at me, it got angrier. Like I could see it move. Like, you know, when somebody's like bowing up in a fight or adjusting, that's what it felt like. It felt like it was doing that to me. And I'm just like, you know, what, I don't know what to do because this is not human. This is above my pay grade. I would rather deal with a big steroided, uh, roid rage, not roid, yeah, roid rage burglar than this dark undertaker figure. Because at least I know that's human. I can kill it. This thing, I have no idea. And I'm afraid to walk to it. So I start chanting, not chanting. That's, that's the wrong word. That's probably the last thing I should do. I start praying out loud and I start saying, God doesn't want you here. And then I was like, I, I'm, I reach instantly reach in to the drawer and grab a Bible because there's always a Bible. The Gideon's got you on lock. There's a Bible in there. So instead of just reading it, I decide to throw it at this in the direction of the undertaker creature. And I threw it. And I remember her looking at me like, what the, 
Like, what did you do? Like, is that is that part of your ghost busting skills? And it hit it, and it didn't like make a thud, or it didn't like go through it, and the thing disappeared. It just hit it and hit the floor as if it wasn't there, but I could still see it. And finally, I just kept on saying, "No, you gotta go." And I stood up and I started to walk, and this thing moved closer, not walk to me. But it was as if there was like an invisible line. And he, like, if you were going to look at a tiger in a zoo and the tiger walked right up to the glass, that's what this thing did. And then it just disappeared. And I didn't get close enough to it because my foot was only off the bed. I jumped back on the bed. I turned all the lights on. I'm going to tell you, we probably waited an hour. I had the TV on, the lights on by us. Probably waited an hour before I went over there, turned all the lights on in the bathroom, everything, double-checked the locked doors, and ran back and sat in the bed, and we stayed up all night. All night. I mean, we watched TV, or we thought we were watching TV. I think we were so numb from that experience that we just stayed there. We were frozen in bed. It wasn't like we even got into it and relaxed and fell back asleep. We were exhausted, because I remember we we checked out and I just felt like crap. And the guy's like, you know, how was your stay? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, you're not going to believe me if I tell you. And he's like, you heard something. And I'm like, Oh, okay, great. And I said, well, yeah. And I explained to him what happened. And he goes, well, you know, we do have a haunted history here. And I'm like, no, I don't know that. How would I know that? Well, you know, you can read about it on our website. And I'm like, bro, I don't have to read about it on your website. I just lived through WrestleMania with Satan and he didn't even act shocked he's like well I've never heard about that story but I have heard a lot of stories before are you okay are you guys you know you know we we really don't refund but we would love to give you and I'm like I'm not asking for a refund bro and I don't want a credit because I'm my happy butt is not staying here again but it was it was the look on his face of like yeah okay I could believe that there was no shock there was no scared there was no you're not telling the truth. Like he, sure. He didn't hear about the undertaker before, but he believed what I said. And there you go. No, we haven't gone back to the hotel. And you know what? I, I never, I don't think I ever really even looked up much hauntings from there after that. I think everything I read was very different than what we experienced. But to this day, when I talk about it, even now I can, I picture just how the hotel room looked and the, the undertaker which is a horrible thing to say because God forbid every time I watch wrestling, I'm like, Oh man, that guy was in my hotel room, but it's also happened in other ways too. A lot of other ways. You know, when I was younger, um, I, I, yeah, I guess I was, I was in my twenties and I remember living, I lived in a couple different apartments. You know, I had roommates and by myself, girlfriends, whatever. But I remember I used to work, I lived outside of Detroit, but I used to work in Detroit. I mean, in one of the worst parts of Detroit. And I would get home late sometimes. And in the wintertime, of course, you know, the sun goes down at like 5 o'clock. It's like pitch black. So I would get home late. But I remember sometimes driving home. And I would get on, you know, get right into the apartment complex, pull up. And where I parked, I could face the door. Because we had kind of like a townhome. It was a really great apartment, actually. A really great I mean, we had a basement. It was a townhome. We had a basement. We had a, you know, second floor, living room, kitchen, bathroom. And then the top floor 
we had, um, you know, all the bedrooms and bathrooms. It was, it was great. It was really great. Um, and I, I used to see a dark figure. Not like The Undertaker, but just like, as if somebody was standing on my, on my porch smoking. They weren't smoking, but I used to see them. And it happened multiple nights when I'd get home. And I would be some pretty, not scared, but kind of scared. The first night I remember, I just thought it was one of the guys. And I texted him. I was like, hey, who's over, man? Who's smoking? And I remember my buddy, my roommate was like, not me, man. I'm going to bed. And so-and-so, uh, my other roommate, I'm just not going to give names, is working late. And I'm like, well, somebody's on our front porch. And all of a sudden, I'd see the light turn on, you know, and, and then that person was gone. And they'd be like, dude, there's nobody there. It's like, okay. But it happened multiple times. And I always felt like this. I always had this feeling that there was this figure just watching me when I would get home from the bushes, from around the corner, sometimes in the apartment. Nothing ever made of it, but that figure followed me to another apartment before. Same scenario. I don't know eventually what happened. Eventually it just disappeared, but it happened. This was months of this thing going on. And I would try to catch it on camera and, and it just nothing ever happened. And then I had some, you know, strange experiences. I remember there's one really bad experience I will never talk about again, ever. But let's just say that I believe that something was happening to a friend of mine. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Some of you may know that and that's, that, that's it. But then I had some weird experiences. You know, when you have a baby, they say babies and animals are in tune to everything around them because they're on a different plane. You know, they're, they understand. They're more connected with the earth or whatever and the spirits and all that. Everybody says that. I mean, that's why in movies, like, when a dog starts barking and looking at something, you got the dummies that are like, gee, I wonder what it is. I'm going to go there. Uh, I just watched Halloween Kills and there's a dog barking, like, looking in the alleyway. And this guy's like, well, I don't know. Let me go check it out. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, dude. Let's get Fido out of here and call it a night. But it's always that. Animals, you know, and babies. And they say that supernatural beings are attracted to babies because of their energy and their life. And again, I don't care what you believe. That's just, I'm just telling you. I'm not sure I believe that or even want to believe that. But I do know. Now, mind you, stuff like this happened before my son was born in the house but it really started to pick up when he was born and it definitely started to pick up when I was going through some really troublesome times but I remember he was born and he's not a sleeper he was not a sleeper <laughs> he took after me but in a very I mean like he just did not want to sleep and he was really young so he was still sleeping in our bedroom I mean I'm talking little like just born like I mean we're feeding him still you know we're, we're waking up in the night to feed him and I remember he got up and was hungry so I took him out in the living room Just gave my wife an opportunity to sleep um, at this point in the game I was just not sleeping very much so I just was like well I'm gonna be up anyway might as well go watch TV but I would sit him and when they're that little they're not really getting distracted by the TV I mean, we're talking months old, not years old. So I would, uh, we, had a, we had a rocking chair like every other parent, and it was in the living room. And I would keep the lights off, but I'd turn the TV on. And I remember watching Gotham. It was coming to an end. And even though it wasn't a great show, 
because I'm such a Batman fan and such a comic book fan, I still wanted to finish it. And it had some cool moments to it. It just was weird and the storyline was weird and the timeline was weird. But it was still not a bad show. I mean, I, I'm glad they finished it. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, but I was going to finish watching it. It was on Netflix or Hulu. I think it was Hulu and Netflix. I think Netflix had it, but Hulu was having the more recent episodes. So I was catching up, and I put it on very low, and I'm feeding him, feeding him his little bottle, and I'm rocking, and he's just drinking away, ready to go to bed, hopefully on a full stomach. And I remember we had a we had a downstairs bathroom. It was, we called it the bathroom under the stairs because essentially that's what it was. It was under the stairs that went up, if that makes sense. So the, the stairs that led to the upstairs floor, you know, there's a little tiny bathroom underneath. Now, you could fit two people in there, but it was just one of those closet bathrooms, essentially. It had a sink, mirror, toilet, boom. Guest bathroom, closet. Very small, very pointless bathroom, but it worked. And it's kind of funny because I feel like everybody used that bathroom, even though it was a pain in the butt to use. Um, and the bathroom door was open. No big deal. And the light was off. Again, no big deal. But I remember looking over there because something caught my eye at the bottom. I thought the cat was in the bathroom because I thought I saw the cat stick its little head out. I'm like, what is he doing in there? At the time, we actually had two cats and a dog. Now, the dog never would go in that bathroom. Matter of fact, none of our animals would go in that bathroom, and that should have been a sign. Um... But I thought I saw the cat, and I was like, that's weird. And then I noticed the cat's, like, sleeping on the couch. And I'm like, okay. And the other cat was probably upstairs with one of the kids. And I was looking, and I'm like, what is that? Because I kept on looking like it was moving. But again, I'm watching a show. It's dark. I'm tired. The reflection from the show, the movements of the lights. I'm rocking back and forth. Who knows? It could be nothing, right? Right. Well, I look at it, and I start to notice a little tiny face. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, that's weird. And the face looks like a little man. I'm not like a gnome or an elf, but that's what he looked like. And he looked like he was taking his little tiny hands and just pulling himself out far enough so he could look at me. And I'm like, huh. Well, then I get the baby falls asleep. And I I will get up, and the face disappears, and I walk to the bedroom, and we go to bed. That was it, okay? No big deal. A couple nights later, happens again. I wake the baby up. I go to watch Gotham. The little man's there. This time, he's not disappearing, and he looks like he's coming out further. Now, I can't say he was wearing a hat or anything like that, but he looked like he had dark eyes, and not scary eyes, just kind of like blackish eyes I couldn't see any eyeballs he looked like he had little tiny hands little tiny feet it looked like a little man like if you were to get an action figure come to life which nobody wants to see toys come to life unless it's Toy Story and even then I don't want to see it happen in real life you don't want this to happen and I'm like but I'm watching it and as I would kind of stand up it would like scurry back in the bathroom I mean I say scurry because it's a little man Like, I just watched Labyrinth the other day, and and if you guys are familiar with that movie, 
those little tiny guys that were, when she's walking through the labyrinth, there's little tiny guys that pop up through the floors and like change the directions on her, like that size. And I'm like, what the heck? But I never got this like scary vibe. Like when I saw the, you know, the Undertaker in the Philly hotel, I was terrified. This little man never terrified me, never bothered me. I never got scared. And I thought to myself, okay, it's either I'm, there's obviously a logical explanation or this is not a bad thing. And who's to say it's a ghost, a demon or a spirit? What if it was a guardian angel? You know, because we sit there and we read these books, we read the Bible and read all these encounters. You can't say for sure. You know, we're interpreting something. You can't say for sure what a guardian angel looks like. None of you can. You can say, well, the Bible says this. That's great. You're telling me that if you believe in God, and, you know, again, it's not about God. I'm just trying to, to open your mind here a little bit. If you believe in God, you're telling me that God can't change things? I mean, he made dinosaurs, for God's sakes. He made everything. You're telling me he can't make the angels in a different image? That they can't change? You're, because the Bible doesn't explain it to you? Last time I read the Bible, the Bible doesn't exactly explain everything. So I wasn't ruling out the possibility that this little man creature was watching Luke and making sure he was okay and watching my son. So what do I do like an idiot? Hey, buddy. Hey, if you're good, you can stay. But if you're bad, I don't want you here, okay? You know, and I'm literally like, you cannot be here if you're bad. But if you're good, that's okay. We can hang out. Come on out. This is my son. I'm taking care of him. I'm going to protect him. Now, that might seem like cool, but that's also how horror movies start too. Um, But he never came out. He kind of walked out further and then disappeared. I got to tell you that until my son went into his bedroom, I saw him all the time at night. Now, one other person in the house thought they saw something, but that was it. And then my wife would shut the door because she didn't want to see the little man because she couldn't. She was scared. I wasn't scared of him. I felt no fear. And he just disappeared. Now, fast forward, though, unfortunately, the same house, my son's bedroom. Multiple moments of terrified screams at night of him waking up. A lot of that was baby stuff. But my father-in-law moved in and stayed in his bedroom. And then my son went upstairs to a different bedroom. My father-in-law, I mean, I guess he's ex-father-in-law now, but he said, there's something in here. I feel it. It's been bugging me at night. My dog's acting crazy. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad, but we should probably try to get rid of it. It's, there's something in here. He's like, I kept thinking I saw something. I kept, you know, then the door would like, I'd hear movement outside my door. And he's really into this energy stuff and, and, and all that. He really is. So you got to take him with a grain of salt, but he wasn't wrong because my son had had numerous things bother him in that room. One in particular moved upstairs now during this time I need to paint a picture for you during this time I was going through my divorce so there's nothing positive in that house no positive energy no there's nothing good there's turmoil there's turmoil 
there's anger, there's hatred, there's hurt. All I mean, if you're thinking about Star Wars, everything that leads to the dark side is going on in that house. The only love in that house is for the children and is for my son. That's it. Everything else is negative. So I firmly believe, again, if you want to look at the religious aspect of it, I firmly believe that we are under attack by outside, outside forces all the time. And when we are at our weakest, when we are going through a rough patch like a divorce and you're feeling beat up and you're tired and you're not eating and you're hurt and you're angry, that's when we are vulnerable. So I think we open ourselves up to whatever's trying to attack us. Now you can take the Christianity side out of it and the religious side out of it and just look at it from the day-to-day side. Think about it. When you are stressed out at work, when you haven't got any sleep, if you've got problems at home, what does your body do? Your blood pressure raises. You get anxiety. You're not eating. You're not sleeping. You're, you're off. Maybe you start to get sick. You're under attack. You're open to be doing something stupid too. That's why they say like when you drink, you should never drink when you're angry or drink when you're depressed because you're going to do something stupid or drink way too much. It's no different. So I was under attack. That house had a black cloud living in it. <laughs> Trust me on that. And unfortunately, that's going to spill over into the innocent. And it did. And this is something probably going to end it on this note. On the, after I tell this story. I have others. But I think I'm going to end it on this because this one really got to me. Really got to me. So I was sleeping. So we had the upstairs bedrooms. Obviously, my wife and I are not in, in the same bed together anymore. We're getting ready to separate it. Separate. We're not in there. My son is in his sister's room. My, his sister's in another room. It's just a mess. Um, it's a horrible experience. And my son was still in the crib at the time. So I would sometimes go sleep with him. Not in the crib. That would be weird, and I think I'd probably break it. But in the bed next to him. I felt better. He was my peace. He was all I cared about. And during that time, when I was angry, sad, depressed, trying to hold it all together, it was like looking, you know, you say you look at the light at the end of the tunnel, or you look at your prize. He was the prize. He he was the finish line. So when I was having those moments of stress or I wanted to snap, if I was in the room with him, I could get some sleep and it just felt safer and, and all that. So there, there was reasons I did it. Well, I remember this particular night I, I went to bed and um, went to bed. I went to bed mostly all the time early. Like I would come home from work and if, if nobody was up, I might watch TV downstairs if nobody was home, I might, but for the most part, I would just go to go in the bedroom. Whether I could sleep or not, I might be on my phone. Um, if I was sleeping in the other room with my son, then I would just go to bed, you know, because I, I, I didn't want to be there anyway. Um, but I remember going to bed and he was out. I mean, I heard him snore and he was probably, I don't, I, two, probably two, almost two, maybe two, I don't know. 
But I remember, I mean, I could figure it out, but I remember sleeping and I remember thinking to myself, I got woken up by like a, it sounded like I got woken up by him rolling around. Because as you know, kids, they do not sleep still. Dude, this kid climbed in my bed the other night and it was like, pushing me off the bed he's like sideways his foot is in my ear his fist is in my nose and I'm just like yeah, it's cool that's fine um but as babies yeah especially that age they don't move around I mean they move around a lot and you're in a crib so those cribs make noise I remember hearing the crib moving a lot I'm like god he's really moving like it woke me up and then all of a sudden I was like wait a minute is he up because I thought to myself is he standing up on the crib trying to get out because this was that time in his life where he was starting to, I'm going to climb out of the crib because that's a good idea. And I noticed like, now this was close. I could have reached out and touched the crib. The crib was banging against the wall, loud, banging. And he's crying. And I'm like, oh my God. And I look and I see this shape, this abyss. Now you're in a dark room with little tiny nightlight and blackout curtains. So even though it's nighttime, there's nothing penetrating. It's a very dark room, but it was super dark all around the crib, like to the point that I couldn't see the wall, but I heard my son crying and the cribs banging against the wall. It banged against the wall so much that the the side of the crib or the, the ends of the crib left marks into the actual wall chipped the paint away. I took pictures of this the, the next day. And my cunt, my, 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 cun, my son is crying. So dad reflexes, get up, terrified. I just go, in the name of Jesus, get out of this house. That's the first thing I could think of. And it just stops. And I mean, I got chills right now. And I just grab my son and I turn around and again, I can't see. And I, I mean, I, it was like, as if I walked or like through this thing and I turned to look in the room and it's just pitch black and I bring him into my, the other room that I was staying in or that I would have been staying in if I didn't sleep in his room. Thank God I slept in his room that night because what if, what if I didn't? And I bring him in there and I'm holding him and he's shaking and I'm like, buddy, it's okay. It's a bad dream. It's a bad dream. I love you. You know, I'm doing the dad thing and he falls asleep. I'm going to tell you I stayed up for a long time. I locked my bedroom door, you know, just because. And uh, I prayed a lot, and then we fell asleep together. And then um, I remember I got up with him, and I got his, you know, he sleeps with his bear, and I went to go by his room, and he, like, clenched on me. And I'm like, I'm not, we're not going in there. We walked downstairs. I remember telling her, her dad that, her that, everybody that, and her dad's like, I heard that last night. I thought, you know, you handled it, but I thought maybe he was just having a bad dream. But he heard it. And um, the next night for nap, or for nap, I was like, he's not going in that room. Until, you know, and I came in during the day and blessed it, like prayed in there. Um, and I didn't put him in there for nap. I put him in the room I was staying in. And I put him in my bedroom that night. And then I, the next night, I think he went back in there and I slept with him. And it never came back. But I'm going to tell you right now, I firmly believe in my heart that that was a demon attacking the one thing I loved, which was Luke.
because of what I was going through. I was so vulnerable and so weak mentally, spiritually, emotionally that I believed that that thing was coming after. And that was my moment to be like, come on. And I'm going to tell you right now, I was ready. Yes, I was terrified, but I was like, nope. I'm surrounded by Jesus fire. We're about to take this thing out. You don't come in my house and you don't attack my son. But I was scared. 41 years old at the time, maybe 40. I was scared. And I hadn't had that feeling since I was in Philly. And this was worse because now this isn't about a hotel room. Now you're attacking somebody I love, my son. And I could, I mean, I laid in that bed. It was so close. One of the scariest things ever. Now, so I think it was about a week later, two weeks later, maybe even a month later. We didn't really have much after that. Um, but they all went out of town. They went to go out of state to visit family. And it was me and her dad who stayed because I couldn't take the time off work. And obviously I'm not doing a family trip right now. We blessed the house. We opened up all the windows. We played music. We walked around with the, uh, you know, incense, so to speak. I don't know what it's called. It was like, not rosemary, but sage. And and we burned it. And over all the windows, every bedroom prayed, said you are not welcome here anymore. Like, we did that. We cleansed the whole house, old school style. And I'll tell you what, the energy, I know it sounds crazy, but the energy the next day or two was different. The mood shifted. Even with the darkness that was my divorce, the mood shifted. The feeling shifted. Nothing ever happened in that house again. As far as I know, from the minute I left, nothing. Nothing. I'm not saying my son didn't wake up crying sometimes because, I mean, you know, he's a toddler. But we did it and the house was different. It smelled good too, but the house was different. But I can, all these things that have happened, I can picture. I can picture this. I can see it to this day, these things that happen. It's, and it's not the only time. I mean, I talked to, I talked to you guys before about going, when I went to the Northville tunnels, getting trapped in the Northville tunnels, trying to find our way out and seeing weird cult-like things that were going on down there. You know, I remember going to the graveyard, spending the night trying to record sounds only to find out that we didn't get anything on tape. But yet when I went back to my car, there was handprints on the windows. I didn't see any other cars. I didn't see anybody run in to play a trick on me, but there was handprints on the windows. That was creepy. Very creepy. I remember we tried to go spend the night in a, in a house that was abandoned because we heard somebody got killed in there. Yeah, that's totally what we should do, right? We got up to the house. We went to open the door. People started talking. We took off running. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, that was probably not a ghost. It was probably other people doing the same thing or drug dealers or somebody, you know, getting some stuff from their girlfriend. You know, one of those things. But we, so I've had other experiences and I could go on I, and maybe, but I got to save something for next year, right? Um, 
Maybe I'll do another another show, another podcast about some of the paranormal activity. But that's all I'm going to tell you now. Uh, and these, I can I can tell you that these things did happen. This isn't just for the podcast. This isn't just for storytelling. These are real things that happened to me. These these are things that people were involved in. You know, lots of people were there for this. Family members, friends, kids, obviously my son who remembers none of this, who I'll never tell him about this till he's much older, much, much, much older, maybe married. And then I, then I'll, you know, living on his own, then I'll feel good about it. Um, but yeah, friends and family, I've, I mean, people were there for these things. It wasn't just by myself. And it always made me wonder, you know, was something coming after me or was I just in the, the wrong place at the wrong time? So tonight, even though I'm I'm going to finish a horror movie now, I should probably watch something fun, like I should, I should start Christmas movies. <laughs> something, something wholesome, you know, to, to get away from this. Thanks, guys. You made me do this podcast. Now I'm going to be scared to sleep tonight. Great. But to sleep with the lights on now. Anyway, just wanted to tell you guys, uh, thanks again for listening to the Life of an Average Joe podcast. You are awesome. I really appreciate the support. It's been great. You guys have been great, man. Seriously. Uh, the comments, the, the everything. So if you get a chance, uh, if you want to leave a review, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be great. Or send me a message right on Anchor if that's what you're listening to. Don't forget, though, we are available everywhere. And to check out the Life of a Facebook. Life of a Facebook. Wow. That doesn't even make sense. Of course, soon Facebook won't even be called Facebook, but don't forget to check out the Life of an Average Joe podcast featuring Brandon Novera, myself, on Facebook for contest, uh, merch, um, all the fun stuff. You can also check me out on Instagram at Life of the Average Joe and Twitter, good old Twitter. And hey, if you haven't checked out Soundwave, go check out Soundwave. That's fun. I just ran down everything. You can't get enough of me, so go listen. Um, but it's been great. We've got some great things coming up here. I hope you guys have an awesome Halloween. I'm super excited for it. I'm going to be bummed out when it's over, but I'm really excited for Halloween this year. Uh, but don't forget to leave your comments, so I definitely want to hear from you. Got some awesome shows coming up. Finally putting together that show with Ken where I interview him about his book. It was such a train wreck show that I had to chop it up in pieces just because he lives out in the middle of nowhere. So it kept on like fading in and out and ugh, it's a mess. I hope he comes back though soon so we can, uh, you know, do a follow-up. We've got a lot of great, a lot of great shows coming up guys. And, and again, thank you for listening. Hey, if you got horror stories too, spooky stories, paranormal activity stories or strange encounters, I'd love to hear from them. You can email me at the life of an average Joe podcast at gmail.com or any of the other 13,000 ways I just told you how to reach me. So have a great night. Sleep with a nightlight on. Remember, if you're scared, it's okay, because I'm definitely scared. Talk to you later. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to Life of an Average Joe podcast. Happy Halloween. And if you're looking for some great beer, don't forget to check out my boys down there in Austin, Texas. Oasis Texas Brewing. Doing it again. With, you know, with the supply of beer they're sending to me, got to love these guys. Can't wait to get down to Austin and do a live podcast from the brewery very soon, early in 2022. Can you believe that? 2022. I'm never going to get used to saying that. I wasn't even used to saying 2021. 
But Oasis Texas Brewing, uh, man, they've been, they've come a long way. They survived the pandemic and they have made some great beer. They're a true staple of local Texas beer. So for all my friends outside of Texas, uh, you can get them in Oklahoma too. But anywhere outside of Texas, I'm sorry. You guys are missing out. But hey, don't miss out too much. Why don't you go on their, their Facebook page or their website and check out some of the beers that you could get, the food they offer, pictures of the brewery, and you can order merch. So you can have some merch shipped to you all across the country. Oasis Texas Brewing, the official sponsor of the Life of an Average Joe podcast. 